From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Hey, J.R., Governor Evers last week sought to clarify some comments he made the week before about Foxconn. He said he wanted to renegotiate the state's contract with Foxconn because it's unrealistic to think the Taiwanese company will create 13,000 jobs at the LCD screen plant it's building in Racine County, especially given the reduced size of the project. Republican legislative leaders blasted Evers, saying he's been trying to undermine the project since day one. Evers then sent a letter to Foxconn saying that the company came to him with several changes it wanted to make to the contract. Foxconn responded by saying it's looking for more flexibility within its existing contract with the state. Meanwhile, a Foxconn official said in a tweet that it's impossible to say when nobody, quote, has the crystal ball to predict if 13,000 jobs will be created by the year 2032. So do these developments put an end to Republicans or Democrats' concerns, or do they raise more questions than answers? Oh, it definitely doesn't put anything to bed. It, it just continues a snowball that's been building about these questions about the project because you have on one side Governor Evers, who ran as a, a kind of a critic of the Foxconn and Senate package the state negotiated, um, saying he wanted more transparency, that he was going to you know, look for accountability, other side, you have Republicans who back the deal, who say it's ironclad and are now accusing Governor Evers of meddling and possibly undercutting the deal. And we really don't know for years, likely, what this plant is going to be. Foxconn, throughout this process, has tried to continue to recommit to its promise of 13,000 jobs. We don't know, though, what those jobs might be, uh, whether it's going to be all kind of mostly manufacturing, like people kind of first envisioned a couple of years ago, whether it's going to end up being research and development. But they'll come close to 13,000 jobs. Um, but there's also some, maybe some nuance being lost in this kind of political fight. I get the impression from talking to folks that, you know, how you define renegotiate can be different for one person versus another. And so Governor Evers is talking about possibly renegotiating the contract. Um, Speaker Voss, uh, Robin Voss, who's a big backer of Foscon, said that if they need flexibility, he's, all, he's open to that. But what's the difference between renegotiate and find flexibilities, right? Foxconn has said in its statement last week that it was looking, uh, continued to good faith discussions with Governor Evers and as it looked for what's going to happen next. And it's also talked about flexibility. But does that mean you need to renegotiate the contract or can there just be agreements reached within the parameters of that deal? I don't know for sure. and We might not know for a while. Also last week, Republican leaders on the Joint Finance Committee confirmed that Governor Evers' marijuana plan will not be in the budget. In fact, they called it off-the-wall scary. Evers has proposed in his two-year budget legalization of medical marijuana and decriminalization of small amounts for recreational use. And in a number of referendums around the state last year, voters said they want to change the state's marijuana laws. Does it surprise you that GOP committee members have taken this stance? No, it's been clear for a while that that was not going to fly. I mean, you know, even I don't remember how many months ago it was, uh, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss had expressed an openness to, to medical marijuana, saying, look, we have an opioid addiction problem in the state. Maybe it's a viable alternative to prescribing that kind of pain medication. Scott Fitzgerald 
the Senate Leader said, no way, he's not got no interest in going down that path. And so when governors proposed his, his uh, put his budget out there with his proposal in it, it was obvious it was not gonna fly with Scott Fitzgerald. Now, I've heard the argument that there could be discussion outside the budget, um, that maybe just looking at medical marijuana by itself is something that could um, have some traction in the Capitol. But I, from talking to folks around the building, I just don't see a way right now that with the Senate Republican caucus, the way it's constituted, with Scott Fitzgerald leading that caucus and opposed to any kind of legalization of marijuana, that they're going to agree to a bill that would do that. In another development, Governor Evers says he'll veto a Republican-authored bill that could send doctors to prison for life if they fail to give medical care to babies born alive after a failed abortion attempt. He called the bill redundant and says he won't sign it because there are already existing protections and criminal penalties in state law. This has been a hot-button issue across the country. Do you think this is a GOP attempt to get Evers on the record on this issue? And what's the potential political fallout from a veto? Oh, there are a couple of things. I mean, for Republicans, this is an issue they care about. You know, let's be clear about that. But two, it's an issue that excites their base. And so it also, in their minds, puts Democrats in a difficult position about this bill, and they can use it against Democrats in elections going forward. Just look at Congress. Um, there have been a number of attempts to pass this bill at the congressional level, and Republicans keep pushing it, even as they get pushed, they fail each time to get it through the House. It's it's a motive, it, it creates excitement for their base who cares very deeply about this. For Democrats in swing districts, it can be a, a tough vote. And yeah, if Evers runs for, runs for election in 2022, if this bill comes to the desk and vetoes it, yeah, there will definitely be something you'll see an ad in 2022, or at least some kind of mail piece or, or whatever to those who care passionately about the abortion issue that he vetoed this bill. So there are lots of kind of angles to it right now. Um, but at this point, we don't see it becoming law because Evers has said flat out he won't support it. Um, we'll have to see how it goes through both houses if you get close to a, a veto-proof majority in either house or both houses. Because if it did, then it get interesting. But long as Evers vetoes it as he's promised and Democrats stick with him, it won't go very far. And finally, Governor Evers says he will not be endorsing a Democratic presidential candidate ahead of Wisconsin's primary next April. He says part of the reason is because of the large and growing field of Democratic candidates. Democrats are holding their national convention in Milwaukee next summer, and a number of candidates have already made stops in Wisconsin. What do you make of Evers' refusal to endorse? Oh, it's a sign of the, the wide-open field. And, you know, there's a hesitancy, not just among people like Governor Evers, but donors and others, that if you get on board with the wrong candidate, if that candidate doesn't go very well, then how do you make it up to the candidate that actually wins? So, you know, lots of people are going to hold back and watch how this progresses before they jump in. Um, we're way out from Wisconsin. I mean, we're 11 months and a couple of weeks or so to the uh, our primary. So more likely you'll see you know, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, these states kind of have winnow the field. Wait until like February, March before you're going to see people possibly get more involved from Wisconsin or take, endorse somebody. Because um, again, you still want to be in the wrong, the wrong candidate because then it can cause some uncomfortable moments later on at that convention when you have to go on stage with somebody that you didn't support in the primary. That's WisPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.